Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Trioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here to talk about Quentin Tarantino's first foray into the Western genre, and that is Django Unchained. So this movie follows Django, uh, who, with the help of a German bound bounty hunter, uh, escapes from slavery and sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal plantation owner in Mississippi. This movie, I thought, was pretty cool but not one of my favorites of tarantino's um i liked a lot of aspects about it but overall i didn't love the movie and i don't think i would probably watch it again anytime soon um the movie i think rides a lot on its star power there is a lot of really really great players in this movie um christoph waltz is really really good in this right off the bat and he's playing a totally different character from uh his one in inglorious bastards uh, he's much less scary and he's got like this sort of uh affable quality to him he's very charismatic and um and kind of like weird and off offbeat uh and i really I really liked his turn in this movie. I think he did a really good job and just showing his range as an actor, you know, how he could go from someone so intimidating and terrifying in Inglorious Bastards to someone that you're rooting for and you really want to see win in Django. And it's just like the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think he does both really, really well. Um, Jamie Foxx is also good in this, obviously. I think that kind of goes without saying. He's good in everything, but in this in particular, he does a really great job of playing a total badass and a, and uh, a person who's playing a person. You know, like there's there's a performance within the within the performance. There's um, his true character, who is obviously very anti-slavery and who hates a lot of the things that are going on in this time period, and is only there to free his wife and then you know run for the hills, basically. However, he's playing a character who is, you know, within the movie, Django is playing a character who's like the assistant to this to this horrible slave owner and like you know they're, they're both running this scam him and christoph waltz's character to try to like you know get their way into these people's um homes and like find their bounties and stuff and then um in particular when they when they go to meet leonardo dicaprio's character and they're trying to get uh Django's wife back you know he has to really play up the the really evil parts of his character's personality and he's got a fake that he doesn't know anything about um uh, the the servant that is his wife you know he's got a fake that he doesn't know her that it doesn't like really hurt him when they are really awful to her and everything and he's just got to go along with it and everything and there's a lot of moments where the, the sort of the pain that that brings him and the internal conflict is played out just like expertly and only through pretty much facial expressions and he does a really great job of that and he does a lot of really small character beats in this whole movie very well um some of the stuff where he has to like learn what things are because he was a slave and obviously didn't have the luxury of um of being like privy to all the freedoms and and luxuries that uh white people were able to have 
that that is very interesting. Um, there a lot of the ways that he plays those moments are are very good and, and endear you to his character very effectively. And then, like I said, the all the stuff where he's got to kind of pretend that he's not bothered by a lot of these horrible injustices, and you can just kind of see it on his face, and he's trying his hardest to not let it, all the anger and the and the the hatred kind of bubble over. He does a really really good job in this movie, and a lot of it's very subtle, and I think that's even better. Um, I also think that uh, I mean Leonardo DiCaprio is giving a, a really powerhouse performance in this. He is another actor who is good in everything. But in this, he's kind of playing like his darkest character, honestly, ever. I don't think he's ever played such a villainous and truly like despicable character. But he does a really good job in this movie. And especially the moments where he switches from being like this explosive, angry, piece of shit guy who's slamming tables with a hammer and freaking the hell out and threatening Django's wife and everything. And then he just like totally on the flip of uh, a dime like he just he's like uh you know i'm going to the to the study to have tea and cake if you'd like to join me and he's like super proper and super like nice to them and it's it's so weird like the way he flips between those so so easily and how you can see a lot of like the really awfulness bubbling uh bubbling below like that posh surface uh he's doing really really good work in this movie as is samuel l jackson i mean uh, like he is so he's playing like so many sides to this one character. Um, he's also a pretty evil and despicable guy. And then he's also got like this kind of dopey quality to him because he's like disabled and very old. And there's a lot of times where he looks like very be- bewildered and like confused and, and he kind of plays that side of it. But there are moments where, that facade drops away and he gets like legitimately scary and like the facial expressions and his eyes and everything. It's intimidating and it's creepy. And that stuff was some of my favorite moments in the movie. Like just seeing him move between the different, uh, the different like personalities that he has. Like it's just depending on the situation that was, that was crazy. And he does a really good job. Uh, Jonah Hill, also one of the better one scene cameos I've ever seen. That whole scene was darkly hilarious. Uh, everything with like the masks and the confusion and everything. And then they end up getting blown up anyway, like after all that stuff. That was really funny in a super like the the absolute blackest sense of humor. But um, I thought it was it was really, really funny, regardless of how dark it was. Um I think there's a lot of also just like really satisfying scenes in this movie. Quentin Tarantino was a big fan of scenes uh, and stuff like this and Glorious Bastards and um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he tells like these sort of alternate reality versions of of history, where like the oppressed people and the the people who were um, were dealt like serious injustice have a chance to get revenge and like stop something really bad from happening. You know, it's like ter- super anachronistic, but uh, it's very satisfying in that way. There's a lot of scenes like that in this where there's like shootouts where you you feel like a bunch of really horrible characters get what they deserve. And a lot of the, those moments were some of my favorite stuff in the movie. The shootout at the end in the mansion, that was really, really good. Um, there's like just really great choreography with the guns, a lot of the quick draws and stuff. It, it comes at moments when you're not expecting it. And then the, you know, all the squibs going off and it's just like a comically large amount of blood, but it's, um, 
you know, you obviously don't feel bad. These are horrible people. And it's just like so badass, like this whole gunslinger character that uh, Django has going on. And a lot of the moments where I, th- I really think it comes down to a lot of the stuff where you least expect it, because there's not a lot of, of like standoffs in this movie. Um, there's a lot of stuff where like someone goes to do something and then just in like, you know, snap of a finger, it's like whoosh, like you don't even see it coming they just whip it out and and it's so cool like that whole gunslinger thing uh that was that was one of my favorite parts of the movie just how many like epic awesome gunfights there are and uh and i really really like the way all that was done um i also thought it was uh like really cool just like the myth of the of Django that they kind of build up just by the way they shoot him there's a lot of moments where he's shot in like a a really like badass silhouette or like um you know the shadows on his face so you can just see his glasses uh he's kind of almost got a superhero costume for a bit of it where he's got the you know the the bright blue um like suit or whatever I don't really know what you would call it in that time period it's not a suit but it's like a formal dress attire kind of i don't really know but it's really cool looking whatever it is and um you got even like that kind of training montage there's a lot of aspects to him that like they kind of lead the line between like heroic white hat gunslinger from old westerns into sort of a little bit superhero-y and i think that's really cool um the way they kind of play with genres like that even subtly uh the part at the end where you see his um his shadow in the doorway when he comes to finally rescue his wife. That was really, really good. Um, and that was like a, just a really cool shot. And then when you get to see them embrace and that's in silhouette, that was also really cool. And then when you finally get to see him leave, blow up the whole, the mansion, kill everybody in there and, and finally just ride off with his wife and, um, and you know, that you get to see their banter and stuff on their way out they're really cute together and it makes it for a very satisfying ending where you feel like justice is served and the badass hero gets to ride off into the sunset type deal and i really like that too um i think that where the problems in this movie um come in for me is that i just I don't know. I think maybe it's the length. And I I feel like this is just a common complaint with me with a lot of uh, Tarantino's movies. But I think as they go along, and I need to check this because I guess I probably should have done this earlier, but it it kind of only occurred to me now. Let me see who the editor of this is real quick. Um, Because he worked with this one. um, Yeah, see... That's what I thought. It's a guy named Fred Raskin, and this is no comment on him. It absolutely isn't. I don't really know him very well. It looks like he edited Fast Five, Guardians of the Galaxy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, a lot of really big movies, and and that's that's cool. Um, it, and I can see he's an assistant editor on a lot of Tarantino's other previous films. However, uh, for like about the, maybe the first half of his career, Tarantino worked with um, a very talented editor, uh, her name was, I gotta find it here because I forgot. Um, that's not her name. That's just me stating what I have to imagine. Um, <clears throat> Sally Mankey. And she was, uh, she was the editor of a lot of his earlier films and her agent begged her not to, um, 
when when it first got started like she really felt like this was a mistake for uh for this young lady's career but she ended up taking the job and uh edited like pulp fiction and stuff and she i think went a long way in making sure that his movies were long but they didn't feel unwieldy ever they um they feel like they had a justified length and like you were maximizing everything you could get out of the story in in such a long period of time but you didn't like get too much where you felt like okay this is kind of dragging can we can we get on with it or like where is this going you know it's kind of like it it feels like it doesn't quite have a direction and and that kind of thing i think unwieldy is really the perfect term for it because i feel like this movie and especially some of the ones as they go not as much hateful eight weirdly which i know a lot of people uh levied that criticism against that movie but i was a big fan of that one obviously you'll hear more about that once we get to the episode but to some degree in glorious bastards um definitely once upon a time in hollywood i feel like the editing just isn't quite tight enough and there's a lot of sequences where you just feel like okay where is this going because it just keeps dragging and dragging and dragging and it's like i get the general plot of this but i just wish we would get there sooner and i just wish we would stop going on these these tangents you know or if we did they were they were they were tighter um i think that if that's where a lot of this comes down to me is it just feels like just too long and not in a like you're testing my attention span sort of way and just like a, we don't need to be this long sort of way if that makes any sense so i think that that was where this movie really suffered for me um but regardless, there were a lot of aspects of it I really liked. And I would never sell, say, like, don't watch this movie. This is definitely well worth watching. And there's a lot of really amazing directorial moments and filmmaking aspects that I think are very impressive. Uh, the the hearkening back to, like, the classic Western style with the text and the, the extreme zooms and stuff. That was really cool. And it just, like, sets this movie apart in such a unique way. And it was, uh, you know, it's a really fun movie. It's really badass. And it manages to layer in a lot of stuff with uh like the um the the brutal uh, the br brutality of slavery and like the horrible conditions that people suffered under on the, in this time and it does a really good job of kind of bringing that to light and making you sort of live through it rather than just like hear about it in history books and i think that's a very valuable experience as well um so i think that it, it definitely balances a lot of things in a very masterful fashion but i do think overall for me it didn't coalesce totally well and i think a lot of that comes down to the editing and the length of it but still like i said this is definitely a movie that i enjoyed and i would watch again just like not as quickly as i'd watch some of his other movies all right uh before i get out of here i am grateful for um Rewatching movies. I recently rewatched Spider-Man: Far From Home a couple weeks ago. Now that you're listening to this, but obviously that's that's been well established on this podcast as one of my uh, my most hated movies and one of my most controversial opinions. Um, but uh, I mean, hey, uh, opinions can change. I'm a film critic, and a lot of film critics tend to get uh, hoity-toity about their opinions. And like what I said the first time I saw it is is what goes. 
And I don't ever want to be like that. So sometimes I find it valuable to go back to movies and see how my opinion might have changed. Um, and in this case, it changed drastically. I went from outright hating this movie to feeling like it's a it's a flawed movie with, I think, more missed opportunities than anything. But it is a very entertaining and very solid flick. Um, I really, really enjoyed it a lot the second time. And I think a lot of that deal, you know, it, it goes a long way when you know what to expect. Um, I didn't have such high expectations because I knew a lot of the moments that were going to bother me before they even came. And so it didn't bother me as much this time around because it wasn't so jarring. It was like, yeah, I know this part's stupid. But then there was that left me a lot more room to appreciate the stuff that I did enjoy. And so I was, found it very valuable to rewatch the movie. And I'm really happy I did. So I'm grateful that I, uh, I did that and that I haven't allowed myself to kind of fall down the rabbit hole of like, yeah, I'm always right the first time because I'm not. Uh, the fact remains that you almost never feel the same about a movie the first time you see it as you do as you kind of live with it and think about it and watch it more and I think that's a really valuable uh, version of a review too so I'm glad that I did that and that's my grateful for this week even though I did it weeks ago by this point all right you know the drill rate if you subscribe to your podcast five stars super helpful after that you can go ahead and tell a friend um if you think they would enjoy this show, I'd love to have them. And then for that, if you want to find links to all the episodes that have come out so far, links to everywhere you can listen to them, and a whole lot more, you can find all that link below at moviesandmorepod.com. That's in the description. And thank you for doing all that, and thank you in advance if you are going to. But in the meantime, thank you as always for listening. That's the most important thing that you do for me. And yeah, until next time, hey, little troublemaker. Peace.